Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Roger Charleglio, who is Senior VP of Sales, North America at Alemica. And today we're going to talk about digital transformation, why it's not an easy button. Now, you know, there's a lot of discussion, uh, you know, today about digital transformation and, and why it's important and, and its benefits. Um, and, and it would be great if there was kind of an easy button that you could just, you know, press and be kind of instantly digitally transformed and have all the visibility, you know, that, that you need and, and want. Um, you know, but, but the reality is that there are many factors that go into, you know, making a digital transformation uh, a reality. Well, what are some of those, uh, you know, critical success factors? And, you know, what have been some of the benefits that companies that have been uh, on this tra digital transformation journey, you know, achieving to date? Well, those are just some of the questions we're going to address in today's episode. And uh, it's great to, you know, have Roger on board here to kind of share his perspective and, and insights and advice, you know, based on uh, his work with clients and prospects in, in, uh, in the industry. So, uh, Roger, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Adrian. I look forward to the discussion. So, Roger, you're a first-time guest. I, uh, we've had many of your colleagues from Alemica uh, uh, on the program, but this is the first time for you. So I, I always like to kind of when I bring someone new on the program, just kind of get a sense of how they got, how and why they got involved in this crazy industry to, you know, begin with. And uh, so why don't we start there before we dive into kind of this digital transformation topic and, you know, share a little bit about your career path, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics and what your current role and responsibilities are there at, uh, at Alemica. Sure. Great, Adrian. Um, so my whole career has been spent uh, working for ERP companies. I, I've worked for some of the big guys like Oracle, Infor, and, and Epicor, and uh, in, in various different management and executive roles. But as you might know, that in, when you're dealing with ERP, I was selling to manufacturers and distributors, and their core competencies are you know, managing inventory, managing the supply chain, and logistics associated with that. So for over 30 years, I've been dealing with supply chain. Uh, in my role now at Alemica, I, I'm the senior VP that runs North America. And, and for those that don't know Alemica, we provide supply chain automation and visibility solutions in the cloud. You know, Greg, uh, you, you know, certainly a lot has changed in the enterprise software market over the past, uh, you know, 30 years. I've been at it for 20 years and I've seen a lot of, you know, a lot of change. And, you know, certainly when you look at, you know, the types of solutions that are out there right now, when you look at something like an ERP, right, which has its role in, in, in the enterprise. But now when you're talking about supply chain and distributed networks and, you know, some of these uh, cross enterprise, you know, processes, you know, that, that's what we're seeing, uh, you know, a lot of the network-based solution providers uh, kind of playing a, a, a key role in helping to facilitate, you know, those processes. So uh, ne never a dull moment in this industry, uh, you know, no. for, for sure. Um, so, so, so let's get into the topic now. I mean, everyone, like I said in my opening comments, I mean, everyone seems to be talking about digital transformation uh, these days. So, so why, don't, why don't we start with a basic question? I mean, how do you define you know, digital transformation. And, and from your perspective, I mean, where are most companies today on this journey? Well, the, the way I, I define it, Adrian, is uh, you're basically trying to automate both your internal and your external business partners for your major key processes like buying product, selling product, moving product as examples. And you're trying to get out of it is all the manual effort right? And, and all the paper, 
So you're trying to get everything digitized. That's why I guess we call it digital transformation, right? So, so that's kind of what you're trying to do it. And by it being digitized, it means everything's happening in real time, right? So you can respond quickly. Um, and uh, of course, ultimately, you, you want it to have that easy button, as you pointed out earlier, to see real-time statuses of orders and shipments and inventory. And that's the goal, right? Um, where most companies are in that journey, uh, you know, quite honestly, uh, some of them are just formulating strategies. Uh, a few of them have started on the journey, but they're really just beginning. When I look at how automated or digitized uh, most of the companies I talk to are, even the ones that started, they're, they're probably maybe 15 to 20% of the way there. And, and typically what they've got is a lot of things they've been working on for a long time, you know, like old EDI connections with partners or portal connections and, and some automation in the processes, but they, you know, they've still got a long way to go. A few have implemented some software like control towers or BI systems, but they're all struggling with those because they don't have the right data to feed those great reporting tools. Right. I want to get into that a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit later, but you know, it's a, it's a great point. I mean, I think I see the same thing. I mean, I, I think many companies, even some of the big companies that, that you know, big brand name companies are, are really at the early stages, you, you know, of, of this, of this journey. And I mean, one of the things I find is a lot of companies say, well, what is digital transformation? Haven't we been doing this for a long time already? I mean, the internet's not new, you know, we've been on the internet for a long time and, and we, we've been exchanging, you know, electronic data, you know, via ADI yeah. and so forth. So why, why all the buzz and hype? And I say, well, you know, I think if you take a step back and you actually, you look at some of your processes, you realize that there's still a lot of manual processing taking place. There's still a lot of paper in a lot of these, you know, processes where there's physical paper that's being handed from, you know, one entity to, you know, to another. And then you have someone that's keying in that information. Uh, you still have people that are, you know, going from one screen and they're typing information and they swivel in their chair and go to another computer system and then, and then retype that information into another, you know, system. So there's a lot of waste. Uh, it, it's still in a lot of these processes, a lot of paper, you know, based in these processes. And that's what, I, you know, I, I kind of have the same, you know, definition. It's really getting a lot of the manual processes and a lot of the paper-based processes out of your system, uh, out of your processes, uh, you know, is, is part of what we're talking about here. You know, as well as trying to find where those, uh, um, uh, you know, areas of waste and trying to eliminate those areas of waste and then trying to automate, you know, as much as possible, you know, some of these things that are less, um, th that should be automated, quite frankly. Right. Some lean thinking, right? Exactly. Exactly. So when you talk to, you know, your customers and, and you know, some of the prospects, I mean, what are ultimately are they, are they trying to achieve with, with you know, digital transformation. What what are some of the you know driving forces behind it? Well, I, I think the kind of nirvana of where they're trying to get is a real time dashboard that shows status of their supply chain, where they can see just alerts and exceptions. And frankly, they want it to be predictive as opposed to reactive, right? And and today most of what first of all, none of them really have that kind of a dashboard. And most of the data they're looking at is old. And, and it's after the fact reporting, there's nothing 
to alert them. I always tell folks, you know, you look at ERPs and when somebody enters an order, they promise a delivery date. The, the ERP system loses sight of the delivery once it ships and it goes into a black hole. And, and when they find out that there's a problem is when the customer calls them up and says, where's my stuff? It didn't come today. Right. Yeah. No. And I think. I mean. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of uh, you know interest today on you know these real time freight visibility solutions, so that you can try to you know bridge that you know bridge that gap or get you know shed some light into you know the, this this black hole that you know that that you're, that you're talking about. And um, yeah. I mean. I think what what you're seeing is um, you know I see the same thing. You know. I think when you look back to things like you know dashboards and visibility dashboards and all that. You know, historically, a lot of it has been, you know, backward looking, right, or reporting based. Um, but really with, with the, um, everything that's going on in, in industries today in terms of uh, customer expectations, in terms of, you know, the customers wanting visibility to what's happening in real time, right? And then the ability to, you know, manage inventory more effectively, manage labor more effectively, and, and so forth. I mean, all this has to happen on a much more real-time basis than it has been in the past. So I'm hearing the same thing from you know a lot of the um, you know a lot of the companies that I, I talk to. Um, you know, like I kind of mentioned in my opening comments, you know, I think it would be easy, you know, uh, or I think that the dream would be to kind of have some kind of uh, easy button that you can you know plug in like a USB into your uh, systems and uh, you know be able to have instantaneously you know this type of visibility that that you're talking about. Um, you know, but, but there's a lot of work, you know, when you start peeling back the onion and, you know, and a lot of factors that go into making digital, you know, transformation, supply chain, visibility, a, a reality. Um, you, you know, so what, what are some of the, the keys to success and, and common pitfalls that companies should avoid in this area? Sure, Adrian. Um, well, if you look at the keys to success, I think the first thing is, um, this is not an IT project. People hear the word digital and they think computers and IT. And as a matter of fact, in, in many of the clients I call on, the, the uh, digital transformation project, the head is either the CIO or somebody in IT. And, and the reality is it's got to be a joint business slash IT project because the business is the one that's got to figure out what is the ultimate business process and how, what do we need to do to transform it? And IT can help them get there. And because it's truly transformational, Adrian, I, I think uh, it's critical that there's some executive sponsorship. It, it, it can't just be something, okay, I'm delegating this to you, Mr. CIO, uh, and now you've got to get it done. And, and I think the, an, another common pitfall is the approach that, well, how do I start it and how do I get it there? Well, the first thing you've got to do is create the process and the digital record that you're going to communicate with all, all the parties in your supply chain. And once you establish the, the, the digital record, you, you've got to connect to the partners. And in today's world, as I indicated before, it's usually 15 to 20% of your partners are connected. There are now technologies that will allow you to connect to thousands of partners various different ways based on the capabilities of the partner and the volumes of business you're doing with the partner. Um, 
and you know, then last but not least, then you go to the control towers and the dashboards. Now that the data is there and and you've got it, when you when you look at the common pitfalls, Adrian, it, it, it starts right with the concept of you know people see that Nirvana is the the end game is the dashboard, so they go out and buy the dashboard and mystically think it's going to work for them. And, and what they forget is the old axiom in computers. Garbage in is equals garbage out. So now they have this beautiful, very easy to use dashboard that's given them all the wrong data because the key is the data. And in order to get the right data, you really have to do two things. You've got to connect to all of your key partners. And when I say partners in the supply chain, I mean customers, suppliers, and logistics providers. All of them, as many of them as possible, need to be connected. But the other thing that most folks overlook is that the data has got to be linked between all the transactions. And let me give you an example of what I mean by that. The best example is your typical order to cash scenario, right? A client wants to buy a product from your company. They send you a purchase order and they, they track everything by their purchase order number. You create a sales order and if you're doing this digitally, you might automatically create that sales order in your ERP system and you track everything by the sales order and you, you may give that to the to your customers so they, they can have both, but their systems can't do much with it. But then it gets even worse because now I go to my logistics department and I tell them we need to ship this stuff and they book a transportation order, which is yet another key on this transaction that is usually never linked to the sales order and the customer has no idea what that number is, right? So that has to be linked. And then once the transportation provider decides, well, I'm going to put it on this truck, they have a license plate that it needs to be tracked to that truck, or if it's ocean, a vessel number, right? Because in today's world of digital, we're going to get GPS statuses from that truck and from that ship or whatever way you're shipping it. It could be a rail car. And, 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 and my customer service folks want to tell their clients, what's the status of the shipment? Where is it? And they want to know if there's going to be a problem. And if you don't link all those things together, you can't possibly give an answer. And what's happening in the real world today is the customer service rep knows when they shipped it. It's in their ERP. But then they have to call logistics and somebody's got to manually look it up or they got to go to the carrier's portal and they got to manually look it up and they're still not getting GPS signals. So it, it's a very critical piece is both the connections and the data linking. You know, that's, that's, those are two great points because I, I, you know, one of the things that I, I talked about, you know, I always come up with my predictions for the coming year and I write those up in the summer. And I think last December, one of my predictions for 2018 was that companies were going to start paying more attention to the what I call the long tail of their supply chains in terms of, of being able to uh, uh, better communicate and collaborate and link 
with that, right? Because I think you're right. I mean, a lot of companies historically, they, they took the 80-20 rule, which was like, hey, you know what? We're going to connect only with the 20% of our trading partners that represent 80% of our transactions right. because, um, you know, trying to connect with everybody historically was very expensive, very time consuming, you know, trying to do EDI with everybody. It, it just wasn't, wasn't workable. So that was kind of the, the Band-Aid solution. Hey, let's just do the 20%. Well, that might have worked okay, you know, 15, 20 years ago. But to your point today, um, you, you really need to, you know, uh, get those feeds, get that data from as many uh, of your trading partners as possible. And the technologies today to do that, uh, uh, you know, you've got you know, things like, you know, APIs and, and smart email and, and so, so many different types of, of technology available today that, that are more, um, you know, kind of open the door to do that, you know, more successfully. And I think the other point that you brought up, I think, is is critical too, which is, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, get, getting all the data and aggregating the data is one thing, but you you do have to create those linkages because uh, I think that was a great example because you can see just in one transaction, you know, one order, uh, you know, there's an order, there's a purchase order, there's a sales order, there's a you know bill of lading, there's a vehicle number, uh, ultimately there's an invoice that gets cut. And all those things have different numbers and different and, and different people in the supply chain have different ways that they want to slice and dice, you know, the information and track it. And, and in order to be able to see that that end to end history of what happened, you know, it's not enough just to bring the data into, you know, a common database, if you will, or a common you know, platform. You ultimately have to make those you know, connections, which which takes a lot of work, you know. Yep. And well, and you've and you know the one of the things you got to realize is one of the reasons most of these customers are being driven to digital transformation is what I call the Amazon effect, right? You know, they they various board members and executives have noticed that Amazon through the internet has made it easy to order and track. What, what you've ordered, track shipments, know when it's coming, and very quick and reliably get that information, right? And they're saying, to, and they recognize that that's dramatically affected the retail industry, right? And, and so, you know, they're saying to their, their companies and their executives, so what are we doing to be more competitive? What are we doing like Amazon did? What are we doing to get into new markets or get new channels? And so they've, they're recognizing they got to digitize. Right, right. I mean, I think a lot of this thing, you know, the, the discussion around the, the Amazon effect, I mean, I think it's, uh, you, you know, tempting to say, well, that's just, you know, B2C, business to consumer and what's happening there. But the reality is that a lot of those things are happening in the B2B world as well, because we, we are, we're all not only consumers, but we also exist yeah. in the B2B world. And I, I know I hear it from, uh, from folks as well, but they, they give another example and they say, hey, you know, I can, I can go on my phone and I can, I can see an Uber driver. Uh, I can see the license plate of that Uber driver. I can see their ETA in terms of getting to me, you know, and, and I can track it on my phone. Why can't we do something like that, you know, with our, you know, with, with our shipments, right? Or why can't I just pull up my phone or, or, and get a real time, you know, view of all the information I need to have so I can make, you know, uh, smarter and faster you know, uh, you know, decisions. Um, you, you know, my, my next question, I think you, you probably touched upon it a little bit already. I, I mean, because I think one of the things sometimes happens is that people kind of equate, you know, digital transformation with perhaps what they've been doing already with, with uh, you know, business intelligence. I mean, is there, a, 
Is there a difference between the two? You kind of BI, is BI part of digital transformation? Is it different? I mean, what, what are the differences there? Well, I really look at BI as dramatically different, quite honestly, Adrian. If you really look at BI, BI is after the fact reporting and analysis. And, and I'm not saying that's not good stuff because it is, but you know, typically the way folks have implemented BI is they've used the old ETL approach of extract, transform, and load into a separate database or cube the information. But now the data is only as updated as that database and or cube. And, and, and frankly, these things are changing in real time. The example you used, Adrian, of the GPS read from where a truck is, that, you know, that's changing every five seconds or 15 seconds. And BI is not designed to work that way. It's also not at all transformational in terms of how are we making our business on the, on the actual processes less manual and more digitized. So digital transformation to me is dramatically different because it's looking at the process, not just the after the fact reporting, and it's real time, dramatically different. And, and you know, we're looking to also get into new channels. So it, it's much more strategic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And just, I think to echo something that you said earlier with regard to digital transformation, you, you talked about how you need to have executive sponsorship. You know, you also need to bring, you know, it really, it really is a, 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 uh, a project or an initiative that really to, to succeed at it truly has to be cross-functional in nature in terms of within the enterprise, right? So it's not, if it's, if it's purely an IT project, it's not going to succeed. If it's purely a transportation project, it's not going to succeed, right? If it's purely something that's being driven by customer service, it's not going to succeed. It really needs to bring all of those parties together you know, to be able to, you know, define what those end-to-end -end processes yeah. are going to be and create that digital model of the end-to-end -end processes and then put in, get in the, the data that you need to then start tracking and start managing that in a much more automated way. And it's the same thing with then bringing in the trading partners that have to be part of this process as well. So it really is a much broader, you know, uh, initiative than just something to put in a, a BI tool, you know, in place. Um, you know, can you share with us, you know, some some examples of, of, of digital transformation in action? I mean, some some of the things that perhaps some of your clients are, are working on that, you know, have already, you know, they've been able to achieve some success and 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 kind of bring them forward on this journey. Sure. Um, well, I'll go back to kind of my order to cash example, if you wouldn't mind, Adrian. Sure. So, you know, we've got customers that have, first of all, order, automated the order process. So all the order create and order change happen electronically, no keying into the ERP system, right? And automatic confirmations, advanced ship notices take place. You know, so the, the clients know exactly the status of what's going on, right? But then to take it further, you know, like I said, we've tied it to logistics, where, you know, now I can see, they can see where the truck is. The, the customer service rep that's talking to the client or is monitoring what's going on can be in front of a dashboard and see if there's a problem with one of their orders and see exactly where the shipment is and have a projection 
on when it will actually actually arrive. So they can either do something to expedite or they can at least tell the client, well, you know, here's where it is and what's going to happen instead of receiving a phone call three days later with an irate client on the end. So, you know, we see that. Um, we, we also see situations in just the whole transportation scenario where they've got RFID or transponders attached to pallets or tankers to tell you where things are or what's the volume of inventory and in things to help manage in that whole scenario. So we see a lot of that. One of the latest things that's kind of really critical is a lot of our customers, Adrian, are upgrading their ERP systems, right? So many of them have SAP, and SAP's been telling them to move to S4 HANA. They got to do that. So they're, they're spending all this money and time of effort to move to HANA, and they've been smart enough, some of them, to involve us and their blueprinting sessions to figure out how can we make the processes as automated as possible and how can we connect to our partners because you know at generic sap doesn't do that and and we help them and and we need to be involved at the very beginning and a number of them have recognized that are involving us yeah, no, great, great examples there. So it sounds like, you know, part of it has been kind of uh, doing that linking that you talked about earlier, right? To be able to then That's have that, right. being able to have that visibility end to end from an order through, tra through transportation and logistics to, to final receipt and, and having that in a more real time basis. And then here, I think you brought up another point. I mean, su success in a lot of these things really involves integration because, you know, ultimately you need to integrate with, you know, there are other enterprise systems that have data or information that needs to be brought, you know, brought into as part of the end-to-end -end process, whether it's an ERP, whether it's a TMS or a WMS, or, you know, you, you talked a little bit about their even Internet of Things, right, bringing sensor data and, and, and GPS data and all that. So there's so many different data sources, right, and being able to connect with some of these particularly emerging data sources like RFID and IoT, bringing that into the process sounds like it's a critical component of this. Oh, yeah, IoT is especially critical. There's just so much good stuff out there. Well, Roger, we're getting short on time here, so I'm just going to go right to, to my last question here. I mean, as a way to kind of, you know, wrap up, I mean, what questions should, you know, companies ask themselves to assess whether, you know, they have the right people and, and the right capabilities, capabilities in place to succeed in digital transformation? So what I've kind of seen as best practices on this, Adrian, is first of all, I'll go back to one of the things I already said, is this isn't just an IT project, it's business and IT, and it needs executive sponsorship. Um, I think a lot of companies have put together centers of excellence around both supply chain and digital transformation to achieve the results. But I think that one of the biggest things that I've really seen that I think is really important is companies need the freedom to experiment on how they can best do some of their processes and some of the tools they can use. And, and what that means is they've got to have some latitude and using some budget to test things out. And we've got to kind of drop the whole concept of absolutely having to have a hard ROI around a project because then, you, you know, you may not even try some new thought that you're not sure of that could be 
change, just dramatic change for the business in a positive way. So, I mean, I think that freedom is really important. And, 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 you know, last but not least, I will point out, you've got to have the ability to connect to all your partners and you got to have lots of options to do that because they're all going to need different levels of connection in terms of cost and uh, volume. You know, great, great points. I mean, I, and just to echo something you just said, I mean, I, I know whenever I talk to companies that have, uh, that are on this digital transformation journey and I, and I ask them that question, I mean, what words of advice do you have for others, right? I, I would say the most common answer I get is just get started, right? Because I think you can, uh, and it sounds, you know, simple and trite and, and, but they said, you know what, you can, you can, um, you know, the classic analysis paralysis, you can spend all this time you know, trying to come up with an ROI and, 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 and just trying to analyze, you know, which direction to go and all that. Next thing you know, six months, a year, a year and a half has gone by. And, and in this environment, you can't afford to kind of, uh, you, you know, wait that long. And second thing that I hear from a lot of companies is like, hey, you know, we don't have the appetite, you know, for, you know, these big bang implementations you know, that take a, you know, a year or two years to implement, you know, cost millions of dollars. You know, they, they want to be able to your point, you know, be able to try things at a much more, you know, lower cost, low risk standpoint, things that they can start delivering value and measure in weeks, um, you know, versus, versus months or years and, and then build on the, on, on those successes. So, um, well, Roger, you know, we, we always just manage to scratch the surface on, on these topics, but, you know, certainly we, I think we provided some good food for thought and, and, and ideas and, and advice for companies related to this topic. And uh, certainly appreciate you making the time to be in the program today. Uh, again, I appreciate you having me. And I thought it was a great conversation, Adrian. Anytime you'd like to discuss more, we'd love to help. So thank you much. Great. Well, thank you. And, th and thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the Alemica website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Roger, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day. Thank you.